Welcome to From Beyond, a podcast about consciousness, metaphysics, and a wide variety of provocative spiritual topics. Cindy Riggs is an internationally renowned Universal Channel author and spiritual consultant. Cindy has been practicing professionally since 1997, and she has a unique and fascinating perspective on spirituality. Awakening. That's what I want to talk about today, Jeffrey. Welcome back. Glad to be here. Grateful as always. And grateful for you because you turned me on to this book entitled Awareness by Anthony DiMolo. Mm -hmm. So listeners, Jeffrey and I have our own little book club <laughs> with this book. And uh, there's so many good things in this book. Awareness by Anthony DeMello, and that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about awakening because there's so much talk about spiritual awakening, what that even means. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we become awakened? What does that mean? What does enlightenment mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, a couple points I wanted to bring out, and I love how the author is so, like, straightforward. <laughs> a little honest. <laughs> yeah, the first point I want to bring up is... When he said, people don't really want to grow up. People don't want to change. People don't really want to be happy. That is interesting. Um, if you read most spiritual literature or you read um, things about self-improvement or, or even just the concept of where we find the things we like as adults, a lot of times you get coached to go back to being a child. What did you like as a child? Yeah. Um, people who write on finding work or finding a job, you know, they'll talk about enjoying what you do so you never have to work a day. And they'll mm -hmm. coach you to go in the direction of what did you do as a kid? Right. Because so, you were a little more free and happy and exploratory. And, and when he says people don't want to be happy, everyone tells me they want to be happy. Mm -hmm. But then when he says we don't want to be unconditionally happy, I thought that was very interesting, and it's true, because we want conditions to make us happy. Yes, and those conditions, unfortunately, for a lot of people, come from the outside world. That's right. People, so. places, things, work, school, whatever. Yes. Right. We think that other things can make us happy, and maybe many of us who have read spiritual things, spiritual materials, we've read... Nothing can make you happy except yourself. Nothing outside of you can make you happy. And yet, you know, you go through this book and you're like, oh, wow. You know, I really thought that, you know, if this person could change or if this situation could change, then I would be happy. And then um, the author goes on to tell us how to become more awakened or aware. Now, there's a term that's come up in our society most recently, and it's woke. Yep. And you know that just drives me nuts because it's improper grammar. <laughs> but it is a term. It's in the dictionary now. Mm -hmm. And so people are talking about being woke or awakened. So that's what we're talking about today. So um, I also liked when he said the main preoccupation of society is to keep society sick. Yeah. And then he goes on to say a psychologist can only ease the pressure. It can't get the person out of it, whatever the problem is, yeah. whatever the depression is or whatever. Um, <clears throat> I like how he says, a psychologist can only help you get relief. The spiritual director says, let her suffer. She'll get sick of this way of relating to people and she'll finally decide to break out of this prison of emotional dependence on others or 
conditions. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is something I learned in uh, my hypnosis training is that we're always getting something out of everything we do. We're always going for a feeling. Now, he says you're always getting something out of everything you do until you wake up because <laughs> then there are no more conditions. So um, this is something worth reading multiple times. Mm -hmm. I agree. I believe because, um, you know, eventually... We have some thought-provoking statements at the end that I think will be interesting because of all of our different uh, perceptions of what awakening is. That is true. I find it interesting from the standpoint that we pursue so many things under the idea of this will make me happy. Right. And when they get to that place, uh, whether it's going out and buying something, mm -hmm. Or if somebody that they want to like them in some manner um, changes for that moment, you know, we get there and now we're happy. But to me, unfortunately, we are just hardwired by our society, by our upbringing, by all those things to continue to seek out the next thing. Right. That we yeah, don't we stop, pause, and be aware of that happy moment and find mm -hmm. that peace, find that calm, uh, that it's a, a lot of times about the next thing. And it's challenging to me just because we're human and society does have a huge impact on us. It really does. And, you know, so to me, it's striking a balance somehow and I'm not perfect at it. And we've talked about, I'm this, not either. <laughs> you know, but the truth of the matter is, is that finding that awareness in moments, that practice and that growth mm -hmm. to me is, is, is the path to, finding peace in those moments where the suffering's going on. Now, I, I, I do throw the caveat at you regularly that suffering is where growth happens. Yes, that's like, right. Like, so to me, when I think about this, the suffering piece, suffering should lead you to learning. When suffering becomes constant, right? that's where you're, you're to me, you're, tied to, you're stuck and you're tied right. to the external. Uh -huh, you're tied right. to everything else making you happy. And, mm -hmm. you know, that age-old adage of uh, happiness is an inside job, not an outside job. It is job. an inside job. It right. is. And, and that is hard for people because mm -hmm. um, we, we are a social creature. We mm -hmm. need others. Um, our society, um, he mentions um, very, very first world nations in that book and how they have a focus on stuff and things. Mm -hmm. Like we have, a, we have a fascination with objects, whether it's a new car mm -hmm. or you know, uh, jewelry or whatever, the ha whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. You know, it just is, it, it's tough. It's tough to watch just as a person who works with people every day to see that yes. external. Um, I know, it's tough for both of us to watch mm -hmm. that. <sighs> yeah, and when you say suffering leads to growth, there are so many people that think that awakening is about not having pain anymore, not having negative emotions anymore, but we're human. So we will, mm -hmm. but we will have them much faster or quicker, hopefully shorter amounts of time than, you know, the extended suffering that people talk about depression, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I'm not here to diagnose anything. No, but, no, um, not. But from suffering comes growth. Now, the Buddha said, suffering is the only problem that we have. And people say it in different ways. You know, um, I apologize to those of you who don't use profanity, but like the only hell that exists is between your ears mm, is a, is a phrase a that one. I hear yep. over and over again. What we create in our mind through 
things that we desire or things that we want to make us happy or people we want to make us happy. Um, like that phrase makes a lot of sense to me because what you create out of an expectation or out of disappointment from a situation, like the only person who can fix that is you. That's right. And to me, that awareness piece has to do with being aware of that moment and not being immersed in it so much that you can't see it and you right. can't change it. The awareness piece. Mm -hmm. And that's what the author talks about, Anthony DeMello, in this book entitled Awareness that we're talking about today. I love what he said, do you want a sign that you're asleep? Here it is, you're suffering. So, <laughs> if you think you're spiritually awakened and you're still suffering about something, not quite there yet, but awakening is not an on switch. No. It's a gradual particle at a time. Um, when you talk about hell is between your ears, quantum physicists would tell us that all of reality is happening in our mind. I would agree. And that none of this is real. But it seems real while we're in it. So we're going to stick with this reality for now. Suffering is a sign that you're out of touch with the truth, he says. Suffering is given to you that you might open your eyes to the truth, that you might understand that there's a falsehood somewhere. I know Abraham talks about false premises all the time. Yes. So he also says, stop trying to change reality. That's an acceptance piece to me. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of DeMello's talk in this book when it comes to awareness is allowing things to be in their truth. And that may not be your truth because your truth is, I want this person to like and love me. Or I want this car because it's going to make me happy. Well, if you don't have the funds to pay for it, then that's not the truth of the situation. That, you, that you're going to get that vehicle. Or that if you do something to, to get this person to like you that is not authentic, that's not going to be a, a, you know, a lifelong mm -hmm. or even a, 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 an enduring type of relationship. It's, it's really interesting to me that the suffering piece um, is such a choice-based thing and that mm -hmm. acknowledging <laughs> that it's going on. Mm -hmm. Like the people who I run into in my work regularly that are unhappy... I don't actually think they understand that they're not happy or even more interestingly that they can't detach from drama mm -hmm. that something has to be happening for them to feel fulfilled right but, right. They're, but they're not aware of it like anytime that something happens that is perceived as negative mm -hmm. it's almost like they're running for it it's almost like they're they're attracted to it you know so it, well it's an addiction and um the, the same chemical in our brain that is released when we're in bliss or excitement is the same chemical that's released in trauma or drama. Mm -hmm. It's adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And so, so many of us are adrenaline junkies because we, we have felt that awesome feeling and then it's still kind of that same awesome feeling, but it's just not a helpful situation. I think it's interesting to note though as well that folks who you know find that happy spot mm -hmm. for the minute and try to recreate it actually are also imparting suffering on themselves again because they have found an external source that they are trying to make right. them happy all the time. Yeah, that's right. So like I think it's interesting that something that 
many of us might perceive as negative can cause this lack of awareness. Mm -hmm. But something positive that people chase consistently, I would almost make the analogy of someone who uses drugs regularly. Mm -hmm. Sure. That, you know, they like that high for the moment. And it probably does feel good. It, it is it, a high. It's a chemical high. Right. But if you think about it, external suffering eventually yeah. that we're pursuing something happy is what it just, it's really interesting to me because things that we perceive are not our truth. But in that moment for that person, that's their truth. Mm -hmm. And the hardest thing for us to do, I think, as humans is to accept somebody's truth that doesn't agree with us that's right or doesn't allow us to say i'm going to go with you on that that's right that's right so much of our society is why can't we get everybody to agree on this or that mm -hmm. he he says stop trying to change the other person <laughs> no person on earth has the power to make you unhappy or happy for that matter mm -hmm. there's no event on earth that has the power to disturb you or hurt you no event con condition situation or person and then he says, nobody told you this. They told you the opposite. Mm -hmm. That's why you're asleep. You have to dress a certain way. You mm -hmm. have to talk a certain way. You have to hang out with certain people. You have to drive a certain car. You have right. to, that's, that is what our society tells us. Mm -hmm. If we don't have those things, then we feel less or we feel sad mm -hmm. or we feel um, embarrassed or any of those kind of things. And the truth, my truth, I'll, I'll say it that mm -hmm. way because it doesn't have to be everybody's truth, is that, you know, whatever makes you happy pursue it but you have to be aware enough to say if it's not that way then maybe it's just not meant to be that way and it's okay mm -hmm. that it doesn't have to be an external thing that makes you suffer because going back to it happiness is an inside job you mm -hmm. know right. believe me there's days where i'd love to have more money in my you know checking account but mm -hmm. at the same time is that really what's making me happy I, you know i think i think once you sit down and you think through that that's fine. Would a chocolate chip cookie make me happy? Maybe. And if there's a for chocolate a minute. chip cookie. Yeah, for a minute. Yeah. So I go eat that, and then I've either got to, A, let that go, or B, make myself aware that if I eat too many chocolate chip cookies, then I'm probably not going to feel very good. You That's know? right. It's, right. It's just. So it's, happiness is an inside job, but so is suffering. Mm-hmm. Right between your ears. We have to realize it's all going on in our head. I had a teacher years ago. In fact, I interviewed her on my TV show. She said it all starts with the dialogue in your head. Yep. Every single thing. And the author says, unfortunately, all the emphasis in our world is concentrated on changing the world mm -hmm. and very little emphasis is given to waking up. He says, true happiness is uncaused. Mm -hmm. I love that. I do too. Um, and yet I don't have it mastered either yet. No. <laughs> Somebody's no. doing something stupid in traffic. I'm a little, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So... It's almost like we have to change our ideals. We have to change our, you know, what we think. First of all, what does happy mean? You right. know, that's different for everybody. It is. And it's not tangible. So you can't just go to the store and buy happy, even though you might think the 12-pack of beer is that or the cake or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not. And if we truly want to be awakened, it sounds like we need to understand what is happy for us and understand that nothing outside of us creates that. Agreed. Although our thoughts tend to create it based on those mm -hmm. experiences. You were saying earlier about um, really being in the moment with mm -hmm. an experience. And that reminds me of, I've heard some comedians joke about, you know, I came to see my, my child's um, recital 
not through the phone of the person in front of me who's video recording it, you know, like I came to really have the experience instead of just recording the experience to have it later, but that's not the same. No, it's not. And I think that's society saying, you know, like for me, maybe as a parent, well, you're not a good parent if you don't videotape your kids' things for you know eternity. <laughs> Which, right. uh, okay, if that's something that makes you happy, that's cool. My question is, the person who's sitting behind, who's got somebody in front of them videotaping, that's that person's truth. Are you able to accept that in that moment? That that's what makes them right. happy? <laughs> right, good are one. You, are you able to good do one. that? Mm-hmm. Or are you attached to it going, da 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 well, here's what your suffering's doing. You're missing the recital, and you're attached to this and thing. And you're that, angry with this person. Who's, right. Who's that's their truth in that moment, and that it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. hard. Ooh. It is. It is hard. Yeah. It's a hard formula because it doesn't. You know, mathematics. When you when you understand it and you do it, like typically it makes sense. The mathematics of awareness to me doesn't always make sense because it's almost like you have to choose something. But if we're following what Demello mm-hmm. says, that choice has got to be where. Inside. Inside. Right. It's got to be inside. It can't yeah. be external. I can't worry about the dude who's got the iPad, you know, 15 inch up. Yeah. Kid. Okay. You know what? That's his truth. Good for him. And if that thing's still available, you know, 500 years from now, right. for six that's generations down. Okay. That's cool. Great. I'm going to lean a little bit. And you know what I'm going to tell my daughter who's up there dancing? I love you. I might have missed some of it because I had a billboard of an iPad in front, which is kind of funny when I really think about it. But like, yeah. it's it's how do you respond? Right. And, and of course, you, you know, you. Well, and the whole format thing. Yes. My dad uh, taped me in a play in elementary school, and it's on real movie yeah. reel, yeah. you know, like. 68. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. <laughs> and stuff. so, who's got movie projectors to watch that stuff now? True. But in that moment, I, I have to moment, assume yeah. made your dad happy to do that. It did, and it made me happy as a child to watch it. Yep. Because I could watch myself mm-hmm. doing something. But as DeMello's talking, too, that change over time, that our, deal, our ideals change, mm-hmm. you have those. probably gives you a warm feeling in your heart, but are you hauling that machine out daily to watch it? No. Whereas as a kid... Like with kids, with my own kids, they wanted to watch the same movie over oh, and over yeah, again. Oh, yeah, we did. We watched it over and over <laughs> and over when I was a kid. Yeah. But to, to, to DeMello's point, <clears throat> ideals change, and it mm-hmm. becomes what it is. So that one single moment of us being attached to the dude with a 15-inch iPad, videotaping or quote-unquote right. ruining our yeah. experience, for them, we also probably should say that ideal is going to change over time. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be, but for right now, that's their truth that makes them happy. And you know what? I don't have to be attached to that. I just don't have right. to. Right. But then you could go a little deeper and say they think it makes them happy, <laughs> but it doesn't because only they can make themselves happy. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, DeMello says happiness is our natural state. It's the natural state of little children until they have been polluted and contaminated by the stupidity, he says, of society and culture. Happiness cannot be acquired because we have it already. Mm-hmm. Why don't you experience it? Because you've got to drop something. And what we've been talking about is judgment. Mm -hmm. Mostly, you don't have to add anything in order to be happy. We have to drop things. So that'll be interesting, whoever you end up talking to today. I would agree. To uh, see what they have about to say about dropping things. Um, (laughs) We all talk about, oh, letting go of this and letting go of that. I had somebody in my office not long ago and was trying to 
introduce this kind of concept that everything just is and it's not good or bad. She goes, I disagree. There is bad stuff in the world. Okay. That's her reality. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Because this is pretty high level stuff. It is. This book, Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Um, listeners, I highly recommend it. We highly recommend it. We do. We do. Yeah. Cindy and Jeffrey book club. <laughs> yeah. So um, how do we wake up then? The author has uh, quite a few points. Um, I'm wondering if we ought to ask a spirit or if we ought to, you know, do a little more book club stuff. What do you think, Jeffrey? Well, I, I'm sure this is going to spill into other discussions on the podcast. That's just my, my, my oh, feeling course, right yeah. now. But you know, to me, I'm sure our listeners right now are saying, okay, you're talking about this awareness stuff. How, how do I wake up? Mm-hmm. Maybe we should give them a little bit of that. Sure. And then, of course, whoever our guest is uh, probably will make it even that much better. I that's so, that's yes. what I think. Yes, it usually does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So uh, DeMello has four steps. Number one, get in touch with negative feelings you're not even aware of. <laughs> negative <laughs> feelings are not even... We think we're aware of all of our negative feelings. Uh-huh. But I'll bet we're not. I don't think so. Like, it to me, it's, it's an analogous to the person who's walking around mad and they don't even know why. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that's you know, to, for him to say get in touch with the feelings you're not even aware of. Like, I'm sure there are listeners right now going, "Okay, how do I do that?" That's it's a great question. It is a great question. But taking a moment to pause and get you know, press pause, get your mind right, uh-huh. and sit and really think about what it is that's ticking me off because I, I actually have worked on that quite a bit through my time in education. And what I would say is when you let things get still, yeah. when you let things <laughs> slow down for a minute, like there are days sometimes where I'm just not in a good place because my schedule's thrown off. And it could go back to something as silly as I forgot to turn the coffee pot on before I walked out the door. Mm-hmm. But because of that, it put me behind this. So the traffic was this. So I missed this part of the meeting. So I, you know, so what am I doing? Going, why am I suffering about oh, the coffee pot? Okay, that's really silly. I need to let that go. <laughs> type of deal. Right. Right. But it it takes Domino time. effect, right? Yeah. But to me, it takes it takes time and practice. One to still yourself, to calm yourself, to stop yourself, and say, okay, I need a second here. You know, people have that catchphrase: take a breath. Take a breath. But do you know how many people tell me they can't do that? And I say, well, if you believe you can't, then you can't, mm-hmm. you know, because everything, everything that we believe is true. Mm-hmm. So I would say that one of these points has to be change your beliefs, but, uh, and it is, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, get into, get in touch with the negative feelings you're not even aware of. I remember when I was a kid, I saw a TV show and the person said, if you're not, if you're feeling cranky, stop and just like you're, you're saying, stop and think, what caused me to feel this way? And then you can go back to it and then erase it. Mm-hmm. But then people say, well, I can't erase it. It happened. Okay, it's not happening right now. It's just a memory now. Number two, understand that the feeling is is in you, not in reality. <laughs> back to that space between your ears. That's right. That's right. Number three, never identify with the feeling. As though the feeling is a separate thing from your body. It's a separate thing from even your mind, the emotion. You are not your emotions. That's that catchphrase that people That's use. That's right. You're, You're not. not your emotions. But we've created them with thought. We can't have an emotion, energy and motion, mm-hmm. without a thought. Correct. 
or usually a judgment if it's a negative one, <laughs> right? <laughs> we, we are sometimes a very judgmental society because oh, we yeah. have our opinions about what things should be. Look at social media. All, oh. That's all that is. <laughs> yes. That's all it is is opinions yeah. and everybody wanting to feel right. Mm -hmm. And heard. And heard. And oh, heard. yeah. Oh, How many likes gosh. did I get? How many people re retweeted oh. my... My thoughts. That's it. Yeah, it's e pretty amazing stuff. Ego. Mm -hmm. And I'm on social media too, and so are you. Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Number four uh, of the four steps of uh, how to wake up, you are the one who needs to change. And nobody wants to hear that. Nope. <laughs> nobody wants nope. to hear that. I remember my favorite quote from the Abraham material Esther Hicks book entitled The Vortex is mm -hmm. no matter what the conflict is between you and another person it's always between you and you mm -hmm. Ha! Mm -hmm. nobody wants to hear that nope. um, the author says the person who is asleep always thinks he'll feel better if somebody else changes mm -hmm. but when you change everything changes indeed it's true indeed how many times has the Buddha said you need to be still and silent every day we know how to be still and silent. People say, well, I can't quiet my mind. Almost nobody can. That's not an excuse not to meditate. We're hypnotized by family, friends, and society. And it's these hypnotic ideas that influence our life. And he, the author says, making it a mess that it is and keeping you asleep. <laughs> he keeps on saying problems only exist in your mind. But think about hypnosis. I, ha I still have people who come in and say, I can't be hypnotized. <laughs> <laughs> and that cracks me up because everybody's hypnotized with something. Oh, yeah. Being <clears throat> hypnotized doesn't mean that you're on a table and you're in a trance state. No. And, and people, it's interesting to me, people don't necessarily want to believe that because it's really inconvenient and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. The hypnosis comes from what you feed your mind. You know, right. we, you right. and I have talked a lot about what you feed yourself. And it's not just what you eat. It's what right. you are watching on uh -huh. TV oh or my gosh. what Listening you read to... on social media. Yep. yep. And that, that becomes really inconvenient because it is what puts you in a trance state. That's right. It can make you absolutely but... angry every day if you want it to. And we have to remember, what about that inner critic voice we listen to in our head? Oh, yeah. The bully in our head. Uh-huh. You know, that... That voice is more powerful than than social media. Oh, yeah. That voice is more powerful than any external media. Like my teacher said, all goes back to the dialogue in your head. And that, uh, even the Buddha said, you can eat the cleanest food, you can drink the clearest water, you can take all the supplements and do the exercise, but your negative thoughts are far more toxic than anything in your environment. So we just need to hear this all the time. All of us want to wake up. Do you want happiness? Do you want freedom? Here it is. Drop your false ideas. I love how he just says, here you go. One of my favorite things to see is to watch somebody who you know has a good idea what this means. Mm -hmm. Because they don't care what people think about them. Or they don't, yeah. care, they don't care what people mm -hmm. say about what they drive. That's right. Or what they wear. That's right. Um... And what do we do as a society with those people is that we ostracize them. That's right. Call them a weirdo. You know, I would want to be like that person. But I really think, in essence, we look at them and we are afraid 
that they know something we don't. Uh huh. That's right. Because we as people truly, I believe, most people don't want to be judged. I, I believe that most people want to have the confidence of that person who says, I don't care what you think about me. Yeah. Uh -huh. it, it's interesting to me to watch because it, in, in my daily work, there are young people who you can tell already have a clue. Mm. And the question becomes to me, and just because of the spiritual work that, that we do, mm -hmm. is what's going to tarnish that shine or is it? Mm -hmm. Because I, I look at it as, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful piece of brass. And we know brass tarnishes, right? If you it's, just leave it to the elements. You just put stuff. one fingerprint on it. Right. Yeah. So they have this beautiful, shiny brass. Will they make it through school <laughs> without it becoming tarnished? And mm -hmm. those, those young people who've managed to do that, who managed to not succumb to what the group who is in charge of everybody's opinion in a school mm -hmm. building. Yeah thinks is cool or thinks is right or thinks is supposed to be popular, those people continue just to walk forward through that maze of opinions and sometimes judgments. Mm -hmm. They come out on the other side and they're ready to go because they've, they've unknowingly mastered the art of awareness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which maybe they mastered before they were born. Probably. And they just didn't allow themselves to be influenced. Uh -huh. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And we do, he does talk about signs of awakening mm -hmm. later in the book. How, though, how to wake up. It's to be aware. It's to be aware of the present moment. Not the past, not the future, not referring, okay, this is a person who in the past did or said this. Mm -hmm. Judgment already. You know, it's about being in the moment of, who do I have right now? So many people come to me with relationship issues. Okay. It's like... But he or she has so much potential, and he or she used to be so this or that. I'm like, well, what do you have right now, though? Mm -hmm. What are you experiencing right now? Because that's who you have. Mm -hmm. You don't have the past person, mm -hmm. and you may never have that future person. Mm -hmm. So it's being present, and a lot of people don't know how to be present because our society teaches us to be in the past or the future in our mind. The past allows excuses. That's right. And the future is always wanting the next thing, like yep. you said. Looking, at, looking for stuff that's external, that's for sure. Right. So no event justifies a negative feeling. That just should be on a loop. That should be. <laughs> you know, in our mind all day long. Yep. I agree. And then I also love, because so many people come to me to change habits, which I can do with hypnosis and my defragmenting mm -hmm. work, you cannot change through building up new habits, he says. Mm-hmm. Your behavior may change, but you don't. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we have to realize my persona or my personality is not who I am. Correct. That's just my behavior that I'm choosing today. Mm -hmm. And it might be behavior that I've chosen for 30 years or three years or whatever, but that could be changed in an instant, mm -hmm. always. Correct. You only change through awareness and understanding, he says not reality that matters but what you're saying to yourself about it <laughs> i think that sums up how to wake up do you yeah I do. is there anything else you wanted to oh yeah blaming and victim mentality we didn't talk about that but that's part of judgment that's the external piece yeah i just i think to tie it back because i'll be honest i'm getting anxious to, to see who okay shows up, sure me too the the thing you had said earlier about folks 
you had one client who, who came in and said they disagreed. Yes. That there's all this bad in the world. Yeah. I, I don't want to sit here and tell our listeners that there are atrocities. Oh, no, me either. Of and, course. And I think it's pretty natural to say if this happens, that that is not okay, that that is bad. Of course. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. But the, to me, if, you're, if we're talking truth, though, everything mm-hmm. serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the ugliness we perceive of something that's an atrocity. Mm-hmm. I think that in time, this is where the, the big picture perspective and the willingness to step back and say, okay, what purpose did that serve? Mm-hmm. That sometimes those things end up serving a purpose that we can't understand. Correct. Or we can't see in the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to ever think that if you lose a loved one to something that's absolutely terrible. Oh, that, that that's not bad. That that's not bad. No, right. no, no. That's no, not no. it at all. No, no. But at the same time, everything serves a purpose. So mm-hmm. what what comes from that? Well, you said with suffering, we, we learn. It's growth, yep. Growth. There is growth. Right. So maybe it's growth of our society by something coming out that's been occurring, like sexual, sexual trafficking, for instance, mm-hmm. when that finally gets out into the media and something is done about it, then change can occur. Positive change. Yeah, we're, we're talking... And we can protect other people who may have you know, gotten into that. Mm-hmm. I would say the same thing. Right now we have... Some atrocities, I would say, that's my personal opinion, mm-hmm. that's my sure. truth on it, um, happening over in Ukraine right now. I know that there are people in the world who think that's not an atrocity. Um, I don't think right now we will understand the purpose of this because there's, to me personally, nothing that makes sense about what's happening. But for one individual on the other side of that discussion, it makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to be human. I'm going to judge that individual. Okay. But He's judging everyone. I am. Just I'm kidding. being judgmental. <clears throat> but at the same time, my spiritual side says there's a purpose for this. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's going to be real human suffering in this. Yeah, sure. But I have to believe that eventually there's going to be some sort of purpose of course. that gets identified. I, I think if you take your history book from school and you look back, there are terrible things that have happened mm-hmm. that have spurned good things. So Of course. And we may not know what that is in our lifetime, mm-hmm. and we have to let go of that, mm-hmm. too. Yep. So Because at the highest level, our souls are always intact. Correct. Nothing can hurt our souls, mm-hmm. our true essence. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's human suffering. There's pain, there's sickness, there's whatever. But nothing can affect our soul at the highest level. So, yep. no, none of us want to suffer like that. No. So, just <clears throat> wanted to make sure we clarified that for our listeners. Yes, no, I appreciate that. Because I, I don't think I, I don't want anybody to believe that we're walking through life ignoring things that are, are no. in because we're not. That's, like, that's for sure. Everything's just fine. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm fine. You're fine. We're all fine, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> at the highest level, yes. At the highest level, we are. That's right. <laughs> but at the human level, um, and here we are at the human level, attempting to learn how to awaken to the higher level. Correct. Right? So let's see who higher level would like to speak about this. Yeah, and then you can think of some questions that, um, or clarification of anything we've talked about so far, particularly maybe what we might 
experience if awakening occurs for us. Mm -hmm. um, but I think right now, most of us are still in the how-to <laughs> phase <laughs> of awakening. And we do have to remember that it's a step at a time. It's, it's not like... It's yeah, it's not an on switch. And then all of a sudden I'm enlightened and everything's perfect. <laughs> nope. um, because I suspect that if that on switch does flip on, we're done. And then it's our transition, <laughs> you know. But I don't know that, I don't believe that everybody's transition is because they've become enlightened either. That's fair. We know that we have many lifetimes where we, you know, enact different scenarios and we come to be different characters because we're all just characters, like avatars in a game. All right. I'm actually getting the Archangel Raphael for this. Wow. Hello, Raphael. I don't know who to expect. <clears throat> I've had the Buddha showing up so much lately. Um, okay, Raphael is going to merge with me. And then I guess if I were going to ask Raphael a question, which of course be your job, Jeffrey, um, is to ask, do you have different steps than the author? You know, what steps might you provide for us? And how do we get through this without beating ourselves up about what we've done in the past or thought in the past or believed in the past? Because still there's this question of who is right in the world. And the spirits I've channeled have said, we all are. Because we are one. Because we, well, we're, we're all right individually and we're all right as one. And there's still such a separation or individuality here that I'm hoping that Raphael will speak to that. So we're going to switch over now. I am Raphael, here to serve you today. Thank you for allowing me into your space and to assist. What a joy and a blessing. Welcome. I'm sure that you were listening to our, our conversation. Um, we all were. The entire <laughs> spirit world. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I'm sure that you found some interesting things, maybe even some amusing things as, as we walked through our conversation being a, a human one. Um, obviously, we're very interested in your perspectives on some of the things that we were talking about. First of all, when you say amusing, we are not amused. <laughs> we are not anything at all. We are in complete non-judgment. Which is a great point for our discussion today, so I, I appreciate that clarification for sure. I am very, uh, I'm feeling enlightened right at the moment because it makes sense that the Archangel of Healing is, sh is shown up to talk about suffering. That is, that's incredible. That's incredible. I enjoy, as a human, irony. And that's, that's good stuff. <laughs> that, that is amusing to me as, as a human. Well, Rough. there is physical suffering and then there is emotional suffering. Mm. There isn't mental suffering. There is emotional suffering. Emotional suffering, or all emotions, come from the mental body, come from thought. So there can't actually be thoughts that are painful. And I think it's important to clarify this, because so many believe they are suffering mentally, but it is truly emotionally. 
the emotions that are created by the mind. But then there, of course, there is physical suffering when there is an injury or a disease. So clarifying what you're saying is that the thought is not the trigger for the suffering. It is the emotion that's caused from that thought. The thought is the trigger, of course, but it is the motion that causes the pain in a chakra or the pain, literally pain in the body or discomfort in the body. Okay. Some will begin to have mm, throat problems or heart issues or even breast issues there at the heart center when the suffering is in the heart from heartbreak. For instance, does this make sense? It does. Thank you for clarifying. So the, the thoughts are the trigger, and the thoughts that you choose to think repeatedly, which you call beliefs, mm. become more of an automatic pattern that runs that keeps you in pain. That makes sense. Or that keeps you depressed, if you wish to use this term. So what we were talking about earlier was the idea of seeking happiness and where we seek happiness from. What I would like to ask you is what, what is your or our collective's definition of, of happiness? Hmm. I would recommend that you switch from the concept of happiness to the concept of contentment. Okay. Because happiness has so many different definitions, certainly different ones for each mind. And many of those definitions, as you have already discussed, is something that is outwardly. Mm. Mm, physical appearance or job or status or money or whatever. So think about a feeling of contentment or even inner peace, if you like. Happiness is often associated with bliss, excitement, some kind of peak experience. But you can't be in peak experience 24-7, right? Okay, makes sense. Contentment sounds like more of an inside thing, whereas happiness is an outside Internal thing. Internal peace, mm. where there is nothing to think about, nothing to worry about, nothing that has to be done, nothing that you need. It's a contentment that all is well. And it is a knowing that everything that occurs is part of that contentment experience. Unless, of course, the mind chooses something different. My recommendation is to simplify. Because even now you have talked about too many concepts. Mm. <laughs> so, to to me in listening to our conversation earlier, being aware, which is the, the book we've chosen to talk about, how would you advise us, the human collective, to be aware? Because you're talking about noticing a thought and the emotion that comes with it. How would you advise us to be aware? You must be present in order to be aware of, your, of the thoughts that you are choosing. And it is important that you realize you are choosing every thought, even though they seem automatic, even though it seems like if this person rear ends my car, I automatically must think this is something bad. I am angry. Hmm. Or you could just say, hmm, that just happened. How interesting. 
And then you get out of your car and you take care of the details. Mm. Your original question was... <laughs> How would you advise us to be aware? Oh, to be aware. Where do we get to that place of being aware of that situation? Do you remember when you were a child and you sat on the ground outside and you looked at every blade of grass and you watched the ants that were walking and you saw an insect and you were just in that moment of looking at that blade of grass or perhaps you picked it and you learned how to make a sound with your lips through the blade of grass. Mm -hmm. All of those things are part of the child becoming aware of its surroundings. But you have become so used to your surroundings that you're not even paying attention to the paint on the wall or the decor or even the temperature in the room. It's about being in your senses again. It's about being aware of every little thing and yet not spending your whole day with this either. Just having an awareness of all that is happening around you, but most importantly, how you are feeling or interacting with that. What does that color of paint feel like to you? Because it is an energy. Every color is an energy frequency. And so when people want to develop intuition or psychic skills, they just want all of a sudden these abilities. But do they realize that the crystal stone actually has a consciousness and a vibrational frequency that it is emitting that they could learn how to feel and eventually communicate with? It's about all of those little things now. There are objects that have more vibrational frequency than others. You are probably aware that plastics have the lowest vibrational frequency or output because it is, it's a man-made thing. If you, were, if you think of the organic things in your environment, you can start there. Perhaps there's a plant. Perhaps there is a stone. And then you can think about the fabrics that are on the chairs or the wall or all of these finishes are very, very organic. Does this make sense? It does. It does. That makes sense. So when we're talking about being aware, how would you talk to people about getting out of that moment where they are grounded in things that don't allow them to see those details, to, to move from that emotional place to a place of awareness. Mm. So many techniques for this. And no one is expected to go into a room and meditate in, in the midst of a trauma or a drama. But what if you could simply remind yourself, just for a moment, just say stop and remind yourself that it's all divine order that's happening for a purpose, that you are just one tiny fragment of a tapestry. Mm. Because it's not happening to you. It's happening, it's just happening. Does this make sense? Too difficult to understand? No, I would say just in my own experience in this lifetime that it's not so much about the experience, it's about how we perceive it and look at it. Of course. 
So, so if you choose to perceive what is happening in a negative way, in a reactive way, as though you are reacting past behavior when this happened before, if it has happened before, then what would you do, I ask every listener, what would you do to remind yourself that this too shall pass? That maybe your life has changed forever, but that's, that's a whole new paradigm for you to experience now and to perceive it however you choose to perceive it. There is no right or wrong way to perceive, but there is always another way to perceive it. That does make sense. So you might look at a murder and you might think there is only one way to perceive it. And you might never understand the other way of perceiving it, but even if you remember that there is another way of perceiving it, that, that it is part of a, a divine plan, then that could remove some of the stress. Does that make sense? It does. It does indeed. There is always another point of view because the murderer thought they were doing something that was the right thing to do in that moment. You may never understand why because you are not that mind. You may not understand the karma that those two people had from 13 lifetimes ago. Mm. You see? And karma cannot be understood, but that is a different conversation. <laughs> Indeed it is. Indeed it is. So our author that we have been talking about, Anthony DeMello, yes. um, gives his, I'll, I'll phrase it this way, his perception of steps on how to become aware, how to wake up. Mm -hmm. And he talks about getting in touch with negative feelings that you're mm. not aware of. Yes. Understanding the feeling is in you, not in reality. Mm -hmm. Talks about never identifying with a feeling. And then the, the, the step that I think probably as humans bothers us the most, which is you are the one who needs to change. Mm -hmm. My question to you, Raphael, it would be, what would be your steps for our audience and mm. for anyone who else is listening? First of all, in agreement with the steps of the author, identifying with the feeling. So many people say, I am depressed. I am unhappy. I am stressed. That is the awareness that is needed. You are not that. You are not the sensation. You are not the emotion. You are an eternal soul that has no thought and no personality. So that first step is excellent, to be aware of the feelings and that you are not those. To separate your emotions to separate the personality from who you really are. And there are many techniques to get in touch of with who you really are. And those are excellent as well, such as there is a technique this one uses with her clients to bring their awareness to their the core of their essence or their soul's energy within them. But it's not a shortcut. You can align with your soul but then you still have to be aware of your negative thoughts. You still have to be aware of your negative emotions and the thoughts that created them. Also have to be aware that nothing, nothing in your mind must repeat. You do not have to believe the same thing you did yesterday, any given day. But people use as an excuse this concept that things are deeply ingrained 
and because they have always been like this, that this is who they are. And that is an excuse for not changing themselves. Because it seems like too much work. Because the mind tells you it's going to be a bunch of work and it's going to be hard. Because your mind, your ego, is trying to protect you. That's why you're here. You are here to rise above the ego. But it will always try to prevent you from getting things done, from accomplishing things, from trying something new, especially like a new belief. So you do it anyway. It's interesting to watch because we humans are in very different places in that process. There are some who are yes. stuck in the same loop of negativity yep. and um, emotion. And then there are others who you, I believe you can see consistently practicing, knowing it's a, you know, you're going to make mistakes, but you're going to have mm -hmm. some success. And then those who, as we were talking about in the conversation earlier, that I'm sure you heard, those who end up maybe even ostracized for having it figured out and making others uncomfortable. Indeed. Yeah. Ah, such what? a complicated place. And yes, it, and yet it could be so simple. It could. It could be so simple. What would you advise us as a society to do in order to help everyone along that path? Well, your society will have to change. <laughs> <laughs> dramatically but I'll go back to my steps I would say first write down everything that makes you unhappy then put a check mark by the ones that are outside of you then write down what your thoughts and beliefs are and judgments about those things simple everyone has a piece of paper and then start deleting the thoughts and beliefs that are not serving you it's that simple and it doesn't matter who told you what or why you believed them or how long you've believed them you could choose a new belief right now about you about your life about your capabilities about even your personality, but no one around you will like if your personality changes because they have an expectation that you will be that person. And that's where their comfort is coming from. Their consistency, their mm, contentment. And then you can think about who around you also, as you write your list of what makes you happy or unhappy. And then what makes you happy? Is that outside of you? And what thoughts or beliefs have created that? Does it make you happy to see an owl or a cat? And why? Why does that feel like happiness to you? I will say that if it does make you happy to see an animal, like a wild animal, it's because you are connecting with something greater. It makes people happy to see a very large mountain because they're connecting with something not only greater or larger than themselves, but they realize they are part of that. This, is, this realization is already within you. Does this make sense? It does. It does indeed. So continue to write 
what has made me unhappy today to, to begin with. And then realize that those were all your choices. Nothing can make you unhappy. And then when you figure out why that made you unhappy, then you can change the thought or belief. And you just do that all of the time. Does that seem too difficult? It does not. For some, it will. Because they don't think they should have to do anything. (laughs) They think everyone else and everything else should have to change. But you ask about your society. Your society, hopefully, at some point, in fact, it will. Because, of course, I can see the future. But at some point, your society will realize that you have repeated history so many times that something will have to change. And there will be contrast in order for those changes to take place. Because most human personalities do not want change. Especially if it's themselves. But just try it for a week. Just to see what happens. Other people's behaviors will change. Things around you will shift magically. If you change yourself. And when I say change yourself, I mean... Don't worry about it. Stop judging it. Stop with the thoughts and the beliefs that it's bad or negative or unpleasant. Just try to see everything from a neutral point of view because you can be neutral. That is possible. How's that? Very enlightening. Is that helpful? It is. Actually, I'm 100% confident our listeners, um, our audience, has plenty to think about right now. I guess what I would say... The problem is they'll think about it too much. (laughs) And I would say, don't think about it, just do it. Just practice it. It's a process. If you think that you can change and next week your whole life will be different, you're going to be very disappointed. Mm. (laughs) It is a process throughout the rest of your life. But it gets more and more pleasant as you go. That's good to know. And we of the spirit world are always here to support you, but you have free will. You have more power than all of the spirit world because you are here as an animal and a spirit. Mm -hmm. So know that, of course, we will support you in whatever you are thinking about, as we always do. But you have the true power for you and your reality. I'm Raphael, and it has been my honor to serve you today. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Raphael. Wow. (laughs) I could feel his uh, sort of train of, Mm -hmm. you know, it was interesting how he felt so passionate about sharing that information, even though I'm not sure spirits feel passionate. I don't know. (laughs) Certainly used your vessel to get that done. Sure. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for you, Jeffrey. Thank you. There's so much more for us to talk about. And I think we'll uh, pick a few more topics from this book for future podcasts. Good to have a book club. It is good to have a book club. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe others will join us. Thank you, and thank yourself for taking the time to entertain some new spiritual concepts today. I hope it has been interesting and or helpful. You can find Cindy's channeled books on Amazon. Kindle versions also available. And visit my website, cindyriggs.com.